I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. I'm Jeff Bell at for whom J Bell tolls. And I'm Christian Williams at C Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale. Uh, it's a mentality. It's a way of life. It's a DNA. The college football free agency transfer portal. This is madness. Yeah. This is all I think about. This is all I care about. Y'all all I care about. Let's go, man. It's here. We televised. So you know we got to show out. Let's go, man. Let's go. go play. Let's go. We do this every day. We work too hard. Day in day like I told y'all. They'll do what we do. They'll do what we do. They never know what we did. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Royale. Uh, and I guess I guess we have some news about this. It could, it's the last episode, kind of, of the Debbie Royale. And Jeff's going to let you guys know why that is and and where what's coming next. So, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and get us out? So we're started, at least. All right. So, so don't freak out. You know, we're going still going to be around. We're still going to have our Patreon, the Debbie Royale Patreon. We're still going to have our YouTube. You can still check out all the fantastic content that Christian and Kevin are doing up at YouTube. And I occasionally will try to put some content up there as well. But the big news, this show, this podcast, we are moving to football guys and we are going to be rebranded as the football guys college football show. And so we are going to bring you what you've come to expect out of this show we're going to have it in the football guys feed you're going to be able to find it in your podcast wherever those might be the football guys college football show and we're going to be releasing episodes wednesday afternoon and so you'll be able to watch the live episodes wednesday afternoon you're still going to be able to get your podcast on wednesdays but that's where we're going to be we're going to be the football guys college football show but again we're still going to be around you know we're still going to be on twitter wherever you might find us we're still going to be in our discord we're still going to be in our patreon we're still going to be bringing you the all the content that you've come to expect the college manifesto is going to be debbie manifesto is going to be updated every year just in in timely cycles. Um, but we're just very, very excited about this news to be moving over to football guys where the three of us are already creating content and, and putting work up and to rebrand as the football guys, college football show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just wanted to echo what, what Jeff was saying. We're very excited for this. I, I think that uh, just, it, it makes the most sense and and we're hoping to, you know, grow the show where it's going to be a very similar format. Uh, it's basically going to just be the Debbie Royale over there uh, with some new branding and some new colors and stuff. But, but yeah, like Jeff said, the film breakdowns I'm doing every week, those are staying. I'm, I'm still going to keep doing that. I might even add to that. So um, very excited for this. And again, yeah, like Jeff said, you'll still be able to hear it on Wednesdays if you're a podcast listener, which is key and important, I think. Yeah. Nothing's changing. We're just, it, we're just evolving. That's the that's the goal, and we're gonna evolve and, and keep coming, bringing you guys all the content that you guys want. But let's keep let's roll. We um I don't know why someone put this in the show sheet. Maybe Jeff can help. A pumpkin patch Saturday. Um, uh, that that apparently means go be with your family on Saturday because there are no good football games as as we know on this show. That's that's kind of what it means. I was actually at, I've already been to two pumpkin patches. That's my life. Uh, but. Well, these guys have some more time to go to pumpkin patches. Look at that segue. Wisconsin, Colorado fired their coach. Paul Chris is out at Wisconsin, which is a shocker. That was probably the biggest shocker of the weekend. Carl Doral, he should have been out of Colorado last year. Um, but what is going on in Wisconsin? We're in Big Ten country. All over. Well, I'm not, but these guys are in Big Ten country. Jeff, I know they want Leonard. That's really what they've wanted in that kind of area. But there's been talks, maybe not, like where they're going. Were you shocked about this Wisconsin thing? Or has this kind of been right on the wall the last three years? Well, I think everybody's shocked about this Wisconsin thing. And first, I, I do need to take a minor victory lap because I said in the summer on our Big Ten preview show that Illinois would beat Wisconsin this past week, and Illinois blew their doors off. That game wasn't remotely close. And and so I think we, you see a situation where Brett Bielema's coming in and, you know, Wisconsin, everybody knows Brett Bielema in Wisconsin. 
he comes in with his new team. He absolutely blows them out. This, I think, really comes down to one of the key pieces is the lack of development of Graham Mertz. And Graham Mertz came in as an Elite 11 quarterback, one of these, you know, these quarterback prospects that Wisconsin doesn't usually get because a lot of the guys that have typically gone through Wisconsin, guys like Jim Sorge, have been kind of those three-star guys that work their way up and become that that scrappy quarterback. And so Mertz came in as an elite like five-star prospect. And and the expectation was that he was going to bring that program up a level from where they really haven't been since maybe I guess Russell Wilson was there for that one season. And, and so lack of development on him that really landed on Paul Chris. And the other part is to Jim Leonard. They absolutely love Jim Leonard, the, the defensive coordinator, the former safety NFL safety and Wisconsin safety as well. They get an extended run here now with him as the interim head coach, and they get to see, is this guy going to be able to take this program in, an, in another direction, or are we going to step in and be involved in the coaching search that opens up? And, you know, I think Wisconsin, you really look at it, you got to put them, I would think, equal with Nebraska. They got to be one of the better jobs already open, I think, over Arizona State potentially, too. And so Wisconsin's looking at the landscape saying we can be involved. We can kind of get maybe our pick of the litter, but also we can see is Leonard going to be that guy and are we going to risk losing him at the end of the year? And do we want to make sure we keep him? Yeah, there's, there's some, it's kind of sad for Paul Christ, I think, because I, everyone took his blueprint and then they did it better over the last couple of years. And and that blueprint and the Wisconsin staple, yes, Graham Mertz was supposed to come in, but the Wisconsin staple was we beat you down in the trench, we play great defense, and we're able to win a ton of games with that. And over the first few years of, of Paul Chris's tenure, I think that he was able to do that. And just the last couple of years, it has not been the same for Wisconsin. Regarding Jim Leonard, I don't, it's interesting to me. And, and someone, I heard someone bring this point up. It's, it's tough for him to accept this as an interim role unless he's kind of, you know, I don't know how you turn this particular team around unless you just kind of bring a different energy. We've seen moves like this bring a different energy. Maybe they start to rally and win a few games, but from Braylon Allen's tweet, it seems like there are some players that aren't on board with this decision. So maybe Jim Leonard is a good enough leader, and you would think he is with how he is regarded across college football. Maybe he's good enough to get these guys all on board. I question it, though, because now if he shows that he isn't the guy down the stretch, yes, they're in bidding wars. Yes, they have unlimited Big Ten money. And I think that they're in a fine spot. But Jim Leonard, I don't know what happens with him. And so it's kind of a tough spot for him. I guess it's kind of go prove yourself and and do it. And if you don't, we're going to replace you. But that's a tough situation. I would not be incredibly pleased if I were Jim Leonard, I guess. I think the, so I think they did it now though, because of the schedule that's coming for Wisconsin, because I think they do want Jim Leonard to do well. And so they played Northwestern should be a dub. Michigan state is really bad. Tuck. Oh, you guys, Mel Tucker fans out there. I'm sorry. Purdue should probably be a W Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota. I mean, realistically, Minnesota just lost Purdue. Like they could run the table. Like they're that talented. And so now they're like, oh, of course we're going to give it to Leonard. Now look what he did. Um, what he's there. I, I just think you can't lose the Washington state at home and you can't get blown out by Brett Bielema. Like you can't do those two things. Like those two things, especially Brett, Wisconsin hates Brett. And like just having that happen on there. Um, but again, this just goes to show you, you have to have a good college quarterback. You have to have one. Like, like talked about Mertz just didn't pan out. If you whiff on that, that's the problem. And I think, I think that's the area. Now, if it's not Leonard, Jeff, who would you pick to be that coach? I mean, it's the same. Names. Everybody, Aranda, uh, yeah, you know, Dan Mullen, I, I, I couldn't imagine Aranda, um, you know, Lance Leopold, where's what's going to happen with Lance Leopold. And and that's the the big one out there. And, and that's a guy that he's got some connection to connections to that area of the country. And obviously he's done a great job at Kansas. He's really built that program at Kansas, almost the way that you would expect to build a Wisconsin program and the ability, Jalen Daniels, the ability to run the ball with that deep stable of running backs. That's, and that's kind of what he had at Buffalo as well, able to run, bring different running backs through. And that's what, how Wisconsin's built themselves. And so I think that that's probably the way that Kansas's season's going up right now. That's who everybody is lining up to talk to. I have a feeling, um, but 
you know, there's there's so many Dave Arandas out there, but I couldn't imagine Wisconsin being a job for him. Um, you know, Matt Campbell's always going to be a name that comes up. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting because can you – be more than what Wisconsin has been. I guess that would kind of be my question because I don't know how you can consistently recruit to Wisconsin compared to some of the other geographical areas in the country. I think Wisconsin's one of those that they've done as good as they possibly can over the last handful of years. And I think, you know, if Nebraska has a different standard of excellence, maybe a little bit, but Nebraska would probably be thrilled to be where Wisconsin has been over the last handful of years. Yeah. Just shout out Madison, Wisconsin. It's a, it's a nice town, you know? So I I think that that's a a good poll and, and I think it's a nice college town and I think that helps them. Plus they grow offensive linemen in that state. And so I think that's where, again, if you want to get back to the Wisconsin brand, it's all about luring one four or five star quarterback that actually pans out though, whether that's via transfer portal, they might have to get creative, but I think that that is, what they should be looking for moving forward. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, Colorado. I don't have a ton to say. I mean, they were really no. bad in the manifesto. I put on there that they were the worst offense last year. Going to be the worst offense this year. Um, I, I just real, I mean, it, it could be an okay school, eight, nine wins. If they build it up, I think, I think Boulder's a very, like that area is really nice. If you live there, I think they have a, a very, very kind of um, attractive location. I think the problem is whoever goes there, you have no talent. You're going to have to rebuild again and, and with your area there. Um, I, I saw some names for Colorado. Marcus Arroyo is doing a really good job at UNLV. They're four and one. Alex Grinch, USC's defensive coordinator. Um, guys like that. But that that program might be the worst um, program in, in college football right now with the opening. So before we, I don't know, do you guys have anything on Colorado? Not particularly. They, uh, I don't know. It's uh, they have good history, but again, it, they're obviously going to be losing USC, US, UCLA. What does the Pac-12 end up being? Are they part of the Big yeah. Twelve? And and it's just going to be a difficult situation. Yeah, yeah. That's a worse job than Georgia Tech. I think that says a lot. So yeah, yeah. I think it's the worst out of all the five openings. Wisconsin or Nebraska, Jeff? Who's what's what? What job is better? I think Wisconsin is better to go in and be the coach of that I think you can meet expectations a little bit easier there from what they've done historically I I think it's I think it's harder to get fired at Wisconsin but I think Nebraska ideally is a better job okay I would also go Wisconsin but I do think that maybe Nebraska needs to change their level of expectation yeah uh, because I think if if they are willing to do that just for a few years I think that that could prove to be the better job down the road yeah Yeah. I I agree I I do think they want to go spend money too Wisconsin tried to get Caleb Williams like there's NIL money out there like and they got the buyout and they did all that stuff for Chris so like I think it's there all right let's talk about Big 12 football Big 12 football hey Big 12 football is kind of exciting when we did our breakdown for Big 12 football I went and rewatched it I was listening to it we were right there's a lot of teams that are just they're just the same like I think West Virginia is probably the worst team in this conference but they're not bad. Like they're not a terrible, they're not an easy out here. Oklahoma is also tied for last in the conference. They're at 0 and 2, which is a crazy they got just boat race last week against TCU. Iowa State is 0 and 2. Texas is 1 and 1. Baylor's 1 and 1. Texas Tech's 1 and 1. And you got TCU, Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Kansas or Kansas State and the Jayhawks are at the top of the leaderboard here. I know Jeff wants to talk about Oklahoma because he loves Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, what's going on in Oklahoma? Are they going to become the new Nebraska? That's what someone told me before the season started. And it's actually starting to look kind of right. Well, I mean, I said it last week that they're an eight and four SEC team that has been in a conference that's allowed them to go eleven and one and, and make the college football playoff. You know, I yeah. I've been a staunch, I've been very very vocal that. Uh, Oklahoma has been that team that has snuck in too often into the playoff and doesn't particularly belong there. I think that they're just in a difficult situation now with the the talent that left. And I talked again, it, beating a dead horse here, but we talked last week, the transfers out, they're losing those sophomore playmakers, guys like Caleb Williams and Mario Williams, and, the, and that should have been the backbone of your team this year. And, and so to be at a program that level and have those guys hit as recruits and then lose them immediately, and, and they tried their best to back fill with power five while bringing Dylan Gabriel through the transfer portal and some other things. Um, but it's just very, very hard to maintain that level. And the other thing too, is 
every single week they are getting the other the opponent's best game. They, everybody in the Big 12, they are getting up for Oklahoma even more so than before because Oklahoma's leaving and so they want, all want to kick their ass on the day, way out the door yeah. and you know and the Big 12 officials aren't exactly doing Oklahoma any favors anymore. Yeah, while we're on Oklahoma, I just Jeff got to victory lap for a second and I kind of wanted to as well. I don't remember what episode it was. It was a long time ago. I said something about Max Duggan being a good quarterback, and even I was a little shaky on that because obviously, like the arm talent's always been there, the decision making hasn't always been there. Max Duggan looks fantastic this year. I know there's a chance that he doesn't even start when Chandler Morris comes back healthy. I believe this week, um, but the, what Duggan's been able been able to do over the last few weeks shows me that maybe he has taken some steps. Maybe he is developing. And maybe he doesn't come out in the draft this year, and I don't think he should, but maybe this is a Debbie guy down the road. I think if he can continue to build on the things that he's shown, he's got arm talent and he's an athlete, and the NFL loves that stuff. We we know that. He's not a big guy or anything, but shout-out Max Duggan. Shout-out TCU, and shout-out Kevin for picking TCU to win the Big 12 because they look very much so like contenders right now. I was going to say, we're going to victory lap, baby. I'm all aboard that train. Uh, yeah, no, I picked, hey, I thought TCU was just going to, I love Sonny Dykes' offense. Like, and he came in, he made Max, like you said, probably he's looked very good. Like, this is the best Max has looked, like, just in general. Like, he's very efficient right now, 70 for 94, like, 997 yards. And our guy, we're going to victory lap Kendra Miller, because all we do is write about him together. Like, he looked really good. 51 attempts, 386 yards, five touchdowns. Like he's taken a hold of that backfield, been very efficient on just his carries as well. Like you got to love what TCU has been able to do. And defensively, they've been fine. Like they big 12 doesn't need perfect. Big 12 just needs fine. And that's exactly what TCU is at. Um, and I, I think I think they're legit. Like I think this team, I, you know, I love Kansas. I think Kansas is fun to watch. That minus five and a half we'll talk about later. TCU is really good, guys. Like, TCU is legit, and I think that offense is really good. And I think they're going to come out against Kansas and play very well. Yeah, I think so as well. Any other uh, – Oklahoma State, are they – Are they? I don't think Kansas State well, – is, yeah, I, I just want to a little behind the scenes here. So I pick the games that we're going to pick every week. And and the Big 12 is so loaded that it's hard not to pick like how end up with half our game. I usually pick like eight to nine games. And it has been hard the last couple of weeks to not have half of our games to be Big 12 games. Yeah. Just because the talent and then the depth of this conference, and and it's one of those that I think it might be difficult for a playoff team to come out of this because I think you're going to end up with several eleven and one, ten and two type teams that really chip away at each other, and we saw that kind of last year with Oklahoma State potentially being in line to make the college football playoff, losing in the title game to Baylor, and you know talk about Oklahoma State, talk about Baylor, talk about Kansas, what's going on there. It's it's really just interesting that there's so much really equitable talent throughout this conference. We don't have nearly enough time for this discussion, but the the big 12 feels more alive now than it did. We've talked about the two super conferences. I think a lot of those kids are taking those things personally. They see that they're on social media and they are saying, no, we're playing power five football and we will be some of the best teams in the in the country i think that's fun i i love watching big 12 football it's my favorite conference to watch at this point which is crazy thinking back a few months ago when we were kind of just saying oh we don't know what all these teams are now we do know that they're all just good uh whether they're great or not still tbd but it's exciting it's it's better to watch Big Twelve bottom feeder teams play each other than like Pac twelve bottom feeder teams play each other. Oh like there's God. just a difference. Even Big Ten, <laughs> there's I do not want. I'm not watching Rutgers versus Maryland. I'm just not going to do it. But I will watch the shit out of Oklahoma versus West Virginia or Iowa State versus West Virginia because I think it can be fun and it can have high scoring. Like I think I think it's there. No, but you're you're right. We don't have any time. All right, next um, uh, Bryce Young. Have you guys seen anything on Bryce? I've been watching because I have Bryce everywhere, but. He's it was a strained AC joint and they said that it's happened before. It was just on a throw. I was yeah. watching the game and it was a non-contact. He just threw it and you know his shoulder kind of went limp and he went to the tent right away. Um it sounded like it's not a long-term concern and it sounded like he's got experience dealing with it, but that's one of those things of he's got experience dealing with it. Is is that something like long term is that going to be a concern? Yeah, that's not something they should have said out loud 
because now his the, his whole medical experience next spring is going to suck. He's going to get asked about that shoulder over and over and over. Uh, and he's going to have to do a lot more testing than I think he would have in the first place. The only thing I've heard on his availability this weekend is uh, Nick Saban. I almost said Urban Meyer because they're both jerks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Saban went after a media member. He asked if uh, Jalen Milrow would have a special package, even if Bryce plays, trying to get him to say if Bryce was playing and Saban went off on him and it was pretty funny, but essentially he's saying like Jalen's going to run our offense. And I think Bryce is probably out this week if I had to guess. So this is They're, they're a better team with Bryce young full stop. Milrow's interesting because Milrow brings that element with his legs. And I think that his rushing ability really opened up Jameer Gibbs late in that game. And that's something that through the season, Alabama's really struggled with running the football. And so Milrow bringing that other element and being able to help that run game work out, you know, that is something that, um, you know, part of me wonders, especially your Saban and you want to get Bryce young through to the NFL because that helps your program out. Some of these easier games, like I feel like I would I would want to see more of Milrow. And and that's kind of a conversation I think that in general, like you would you would think start to rotate some of these guys through in these bigger schools and these blowout games earlier that give you a different skill set and allow you to do different things in different packages because you never know in a in a Georgia game if Milrow's comfortable and he brings you something different, maybe every third series or something. You bring him out there if, if it's not working with Bryce and it gives them something that defense is thinking about something completely different. So I know you're you're talking about, you know, when we're going into the I, I think Miller is a guy that's very interesting in Debbie and even CCC yeah. leagues. Like yeah, he's, he's very like because he was value. Christian was on. I hate that Christian's right sometimes. <laughs> like I have to give him credit. Like, Christian was on yeah. Miller pretty early. Like he was talking about him saying, like, hey, this kid's really good. He's Brit, he's built like a freaking brick house, by the yes. way. Milro mm-hmm. is he he has that he's he's Alabama God and Saban's never retiring guys that dude's just gonna stay out there and just build these guys I think I think to your credit too I think Gibbs I think that opened up Gibbs a little bit um and had that and they had that ability um I I do think you're right about the whole Bryce Young thing like hey well, you know it doesn't necessarily have to play against Texas A&M that offense is so bad which sucks I wanted to see Texas A&M Alabama after the whole summer thing and it's just completely falling apart because of injuries and in Texas A&M being bad. Um, I think that's why, and Jeff can, you know, you can, you can just tell me if I'm wrong. And I, I really feel like Ohio state's doing that with Jackson Smith and the jig, but I feel like Jackson Smith could play. Like, I feel like he's ready to go. Doesn't it just feel like they're just like, yeah, we don't need him against these teams. I don't even think they need him against Michigan state. Do they like just hold him out and we're going to wait until we play real teams. I, I think that's exactly what's going on. And you're seeing, um, I think that they're really challenging Emeka Abuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. to grow in the in their roles. And they're kind of saying, we're going to slow play it on Jackson Smith and Jigba because we don't need him. And and they've had them doing a lot different things than in these past couple of years. And and then um, Julian Fleming has played good football too the last couple of weeks. And, you know, he came in, he was the number one recruit in his class and he was kind of written off. He really struggled early. He's played really good football the last couple of weeks too. And so I think the Notre Dame game really showcased the how far those wide receivers had to come if they want to win a national championship with them. And I think that they're really using this season to push hard on getting them and being ready for the end of the, the season. And we kind of saw that two years ago when um, right after Clemson had beat them in the, the college football play in the short of 2020 year. They really use that whole regular season just to get ready to beat Clemson and they you doing different things. And I think that Ryan day is a coach that takes a long-term view on that and wants to develop these receivers to be NFL ready. But I do think that's happening. Yeah. Ryan day actually admitted as such today. Uh, he basically said, you know, we have this offensive scheme and we call plays designed to our, the, the personnel that's on the field when Jackson's not out there, we have to, be able to adapt and we have to call different things. And I think that's also part of developing CJ Stroud. I think he wants to see if Jackson Smith and Jigba goes out in a playoff game, can CJ Stroud keep doing what he's doing? And I think the resounding answer is a yes. It's a, it's a very large yes uh, because CJ Stroud is still the best, but arguably the the best, maybe the second best quarterback in the country right now. Um, I did want to bring up, because I know Jeff wants to talk about him. Mayan Williams also a Debbie guy. Uh, the, Travion Henderson, they're doing the same thing with him. They He didn't play. Did he even play last week? Did he get in at he all? He, 
there was, I think there was a story that he maybe tweaked something pregame or some, or I don't know. And I don't know if it was, yeah, I I don't know if it was Rutgers and he tweaked something pregame and and that might be another situation too, where they're kind of just slow playing that, that injury recovery, very comfortable with Mayan Williams, but also showcasing Mayan Williams too, because the thing to remember is Travion has an extra year. Mayan Williams could go this year. And I think that the way that they set up with recruiting and, and everything in that program, uh, Mayan Williams, having the season that he's having right now and becoming a day two running back would be very, very good for that program. I think in terms of recruiting and and just really everything all involved there. Statistically he's out producing Bijan Robinson for what it's worth. If you're a stats analytics guy, like that's crazy to me, but yeah, he he just said, yeah, this week he just set the school record for five touchdowns against Rutgers. So that would tie the school record for rushing touchdowns, averaging seven and a half, or 7.8 yards per carry. Anybody over 60 carries in college football, that's that's leading everybody. It's he's just been crazy efficient. Um, he's shown, and this is a guy that I think he was kind of off in Debbie. Just he came in as a three-star guy and, and he was never really spoken of as being the next guy. And he just is a worker. And the coaches loved him immediately, and he's really developed his game. He's gone. His vision is excellent. His feet is excellent, but also he finishes every run. And so it's, it's a really, very, very fun guy. And if you're not on him in Debbie and, you know, maybe people are sleeping in your league, if moves are available to be done in your league, I know a lot of Debbie leagues are kind of locked down there. And if he's not on somebody's roster, this is a guy that right now he's trending towards being a second round pick in your rookie draft in 2023. I have nothing to add to this conversation except for I'm going to take a I'm going to take a Mecca Ubuka uh, Egbuka excuse me um, victory lap I'm a, I love this kid like he has done <laughs> everything that you needed to see from him with JSN being out and you can give me all like JSN's out I don't care the other guys aren't obviously stepping up and he did and I think that gee, this is what sucks because I hate Ohio State so much they're getting so <laughs> much better at all the other positions right now and these younger guys are getting so many reps. When they roll into Michigan at the end of the, or when, when they would roll in, when we roll into Ohio State and we go to Columbia, I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath because those guys are so developed. They have so many reps. Like they are the best team in the country. I don't, we don't talk about the polls much on this show because they're stupid and people don't watch football. But Ohio State not being one is just, Playing stupid. They are the best team in the in in college football, bar none. There's no questions asked. They're the better team. I would pick them over over Michigan. I'd pick them over Ohio State, and I'm picking them over Georgia right now. They are the best team. Yeah, and I do want to say too on Jackson Smith and Jigba that Notre Dame injury I do think was a blessing in disguise for this program because I, I think C.J. Stroud is so reliant on him, and you saw it at the end of last year. You saw it in the Utah game. Had he not gotten hurt against Notre Dame, I think you could very realistically see a scenario where he's getting 15 targets yeah. a game, and they're just feeding Jackson Smith and Jigba over and over again. And I think that 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 injury and then the the struggles of the offense through the first half of the Notre Dame game, I think was a harsh wake up call. And I think that it just makes this program makes this specific team so much better in the long run. I think then had you been in a situation where Jackson Smith and Jigba is fine and just can kind of, kind of they're rolling along on that. Yeah. Really quickly, since this is a finale of sorts, and that was a long time to talk about Ohio State, let's can we bring it back to Michigan really quickly? We've talked about running backs. I think right now would be a really good time to talk about Blake Corum and, and what he is. Uh, Debbie-wise, a lot of people were <clears throat> in, including me, on Donovan Edwards being the better running back when all is said and done. And I think that his injury has kind of allowed Blake Corum to assume a larger role. Yeah. But I, I've said something probably in May – I think Blake Corum is what we thought Kyron was when we thought Kyron was athletic and good. Um, And and I think that right now, if you're looking at what the 2023 NFL draft looks like, I think some team is going to take a chance on Blake Corum on day two as well. He's a little heavier than, than Kyron was. I think that he's going to be able to add a little bit to his frame. And I think right now, like there's a battle between Blake Corum and, and uh, Mayan Williams to, to kind of fit into that day two range because there are so many good running backs in this class. We can't say that enough. It's going to change the entire dynasty uh, landscape uh, in terms of running backs, at least. So Kevin, talk about your guy. Well, 
nice segue. I have a YouTube video on this channel coming out tomorrow on Blake Quorum. But I will say, like, <laughs> I think the thing with Blake is I, 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 it's so hard for me to talk about Michigan players because I'm such a pessimist asshole. But I will say, like, he's got to work on his pass blocking because he's he is not a good pass blocker. And he is he's not really a receiver either. So, like, if you're looking at it from fantasy perspective, like, I think he can be a receiver. I just don't think he's used that way. Um, but as a runner, man, he's got quick feet to line of scrimmage. He can get through the holes. He can score touchdowns. He has good burst, good vision. Like, I like what I see on tape. Like, when you watch him go, like, I think – but I think with a caveat – Michigan's offensive line might be the best it's been in like 10 years. That offensive line is stacked. Like that's, that's, that's Christian's. Like he, he, he could tell you about that's the insane. hogs on that line, but I, yeah. I mean, you watch them. Like I, that is the one thing when I look at Michigan, like maybe we could win a game that we shouldn't win against Ohio state. That offensive line is very, very good and it can dominate up front. So that's where the quorum, I think he's doing well and he's doing that. I think he does have explosive. I, I think I have him like a late second right now in there. Like he's in the second round. I think I just don't know where exactly you fit him at. I think in my big board, he's 15, 16. So I have him a little higher there, but I think it just depends on some of these quarterbacks and where they go. Yeah. And I do want to say too, dynasty, you know, running backs in dynasty running backs in the NFL have been the talk of the early season. And I think that, traditionally in the Debbie mindset, we've kind of been hunting those guys that are going to be 20, 25 carries a game workhorses. And I think that we need to take a hard stop in Debbie and really in dynasty and, and it's becoming less, there's going to be less of those guys that do the 2025 touches. And you're going to see a lot more. It's going to become a lot more who can do the most with 10 touches in the game or who can do the most with 10 to 15 touches in the game. And Corum is one of those guys that traditionally he would have been written off because he's not going to be a 2025 touch game, but he's got so much explosion and big playability that he is one of those guys that he can do a lot with 10 touches in a game. And I think that it's going to be a, if you're not, kind of seeing that now with these because i think that we did have an, a really elite group of running backs who kind of spoiled us like that dalvin cook guys and, and alvin kamara guys that we really carried us through the last five years or so of fantasy football and that rotating that that kind of turning over and, and teams are just building differently now and building their offense differently now and embracing that guys get hurt at the position and trying to keep the load off guys and so quorum's picture perfect for that scenario yeah yeah my next big board article it's coming out sometime today tomorrow i talk about the running back landscape of dynasty and saying hey there's so many good dudes in this class two through 15 that like you really need to get rid of those plotters and roster cloggers on your roster right now because they're going to take these guys value instantly like as soon as they get drafted they're gonna they're gonna take it and also real quick i know we don't have any time i don't care uh donovan edwards is fine so like I see some Debbie people talking about him. Corm is just playing very well. So there's you still using Edwards around. Like he's still getting 30 carries because this offense is really relying on him. That's not an indictment on Donovan's talent. I think Donovan actually ran pretty well when he got it, where people want to see him run inside. He actually is doing that if you watch the tape. Um, he's just he's not gonna get the opportunity until next year, probably. Like, unless Corm breaks down like he did last year. Um, but you like you you see that kind of with Edwards. So don't if you have Edwards, please don't jump off the lead. You're fine. He's fine. He actually looks pretty good on tape, and he's a hell of a receiver. So you already have that for PPR formats. Um, all right, let's go through the remaining undefeated Power Five. We're not going to skip it. I just want to tell me if you buy or sell these guys. So Jeff, are you okay. buying Clemson or so Clemson and Syracuse and ACC? Jeff, buying Clemson or Syracuse? Are you selling both? I'm buying Clemson as a team that's capable of making the college football playoff, but also capable of losing by six touchdowns in the college football playoff. <laughs> and, and Syracuse, um, you know, it's a sell. I, I I love the story. I think that they're, they're a really fun story in this conference sets up that they can make a run on this thing, especially with Sean Tucker. Um, but you know, long-term they're not a playoff team. Yeah. I'll, I'm of the same mindset. I think Clemson has a very clear ceiling and it's the four seed and it's getting blown out in the, in their their bowl game uh, i i think that's a realistic possibility i also don't know that i would put clemson up there even if they go undefeated i know it's the acc i know they probably will uh and then i'll sell syracuse as well i think for all the talk about dino babers and and how we kind of trashed him i'm i've been impressed by what they've been able to do this year i think that garrett schrader is kind of a quarterback that can you know lead an offense which is something that syracuse did not have even with Schrader last year. So uh, his development has been fun to watch, but I just think that they're going to hit a roadblock here and then they're going to kind of spiral. 
Can I say something about DJU real quick? I know that there's a lot of talk about DJU. The biggest difference, they're allowing him to run the football this year. Last year, he wasn't really allowed to run the football. They didn't have depth at the quarterback. And this year, they're kind of saying YOLO on it. Those receivers are not getting open. And he's not doing anything as a quarterback other than occasionally throwing the ball to those guys. And yeah, it's. I think there's a question on, is there real talent at the wide receiver position with Clemson? But the only reason why he's putting fancy points up and he looks looking better this year is because they're allowing him to run it, but he has not made development towards being an NFL quarterback at all. No, we, I, I don't want to beat the dead horse on him. I, I kind of trashed him last week, but mechanically he looks better, but that was from rock bottom and processing wise. He's not there. He's just, he, he, he's willing to throw contested catch balls because he has to, to these Clemson yeah. wide receivers at this point. And that's great. But it's not. That's the day three quarterback still, guys. I don't know. <laughs> I'm uh I'm gonna sell Clemson because I think Michigan's better than them. So I'm not gonna put them ahead of Michigan in terms of like the college football playoff. Um, I, but I, I'm a homer. I'm a homer shit there. But I do think offensive line play can battle their defensive line. I think that's a hell of a battle. That'd be a fun game to watch. That that that's why we need a like an eight team playoff. But then you have um, I'm gonna sell them. Syracuse, I'm not, and I'm out. I'm sorry. I love you, Sean Tucker. Every time I see your update on Twitter, you make me laugh and, and you make me all warm and fuzzy inside, but I'm selling on them in terms of just generality. Uh, all right, Big 12 real quick. Kansas, Oklahoma State, TCU. We already kind of talked about these guys. Kansas, uh, what do you think, Jeff? I'm going to sell. They're they're one of the best stories of the year. Um, maybe they're this year's Wake Forest, but I'm going to sell them. Did you just term. go? It's not you. It's me. Is that is that yeah, what you did? basically? You um, I, I'm going to buy Oklahoma State. I, I like. I think Oklahoma State's defense has. Um, been okay with Jim Knowles leaving. Um, they've got playmakers and Spencer Sanders experienced quarterback. You know, we saw them on the precipice of making the college football playoff last year. So I'll go buy Oklahoma state. Um, I'm going to, you're going to hate me, but I'm going to sell TCU. I just think that, um, it, you know, it's, been a fantastic story and i think i'm really excited long term about the coach coming in there but at the same time in the immediate term this just feels like the air is going to go out of the balloon one of these games yeah uh selling kansas again yeah great story but that's a basketball school and i think it still will be at least until next year this is a, a longer rebuild it's crazy that they're even where they are right now i think uh, Oklahoma State, I'm with Jeff. Uh, shout out all these toolsy quarterbacks that are putting it together this year. Adrian Martinez, too, uh, for Kansas State, looked fantastic this last week. Spencer Sanders has always had tools, Max Duggan. Uh, so shout out Big 12 toolsy quarterbacks. I'm buying Oklahoma State. They're a team that I kind of wrote off as I thought they were going to lose last week, and I thought that would be the end. But they do this every year. They're, they're a top 10 team. And then TCU, I'll, I'll buy them uh, so that Kevin doesn't get too upset. Oh, I was going to sell everybody, so don't worry about it. No, I, I think I'm selling Kansas to Oklahoma State. I'm buying that TCU can maybe make the Big 12 title game. I'm not buying it after that. Like, I think they have a chance. Um, but, yeah, I'm selling Kansas. I love you, Kansas, but no. Like, your power forwards look like they play basketball for 10 years. Like, I, I think you're doing fine, but I think you're you're struggling there. Oklahoma State, they're fun to watch. They're always going to choke, though. It's a Gundy staple. He'll choke against somebody. We'll see who that's going to be. Um, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. For me personally, real quick, I'm buying all three of these teams. I'm less buying Penn State because I do think that they're kind of frauds. Um, but I think in that in the Big Ten, these are the three best teams, in my opinion. Jeff, what about you? I am certainly buying Ohio State, Michigan. Penn State's one. Um, they're going to lose to Ohio State, Michigan, and they're they're going to be a ten and two or nine and three team. And you know, if they're happy with that, good for them. But I just don't think that the talent level is there as opposed to the other teams. Not the time for this story. I had a dream that sports betting was legal in Ohio, and I bet Penn State to be the four seed in the college football playoff like today, and they made the playoff. So I guess that means I'm buying them because I, <laughs> I think there's a world in which they lose a close game to Ohio State. Ohio State has to go there. I think that that could be a closer game than we're talking about, or than we're kind of acknowledging. And then I think there's a world in which they do meet, beat Michigan. Um, I think Michigan's the better team. I, I think that, you know, Sean Clifford's probably going to screw that up for them, but I'm buying all three of these teams. I think they're really good. I, I think, I think Penn state is a lot better than I expected them to be this year. I thought next year would be their year. 
they had Michigan beat last year, and then Michigan had a, a huge play to Eric All and to win the game that game. But they were toe to toe, and they really had them. And there was a final drive for Michigan. Um, but then, yeah, the Penn State Ohio State games always, you know, the, the ref will find a way to make that a little bit closer every single year. So I was Hold, holding to, is holding doesn't happen in that it. game. I was just about to say I cannot. It's the wait same for story the... every year. Holding doesn't occur in that game. Inevitable. Chase Young's getting tackled from behind, like rolling up his ankle. Oh, it's fine. I didn't see anything. The inevitable Jeff Bell in the group. Same chat. game every Three year. Bros. It's the Three same bros. game. Every it's year. the same game every year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Real quick. USC UCLA. Um, I'm buying USC's offense. I'm not buying UCLA. Jeff. Uh, same place. Yeah. I think by USC's offense and UCLA and another good story, but yeah. Yeah. I'm just mad at UCLA for ruining Michael Penix's uh, hype last week. Although he, he came back against them and that was impressive, but uh, yeah, I'll buy USC though. Cause that offense can contend with anyone. Hey, shout out Dorian Thompson Robinson. Good job, man. Like you, you know what? Cool. You're, playing, you're playing well. You're playing well. All right. Last one, SEC. We have Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Ole Miss. For me, Alabama, of course, by Georgia. I'm still buying, even though they've looked really bad against Kansas State and Missouri the last two weeks. Um, Tennessee, I'm out. I'm not an Ole Miss. No, I don't think. I don't know how good that team actually is. Jeff, what do you got? Uh, certainly buying Alabama, Georgia. I think Georgia bears mention because we've seen them struggle the past two weeks, but they, they have said that they are just being vanilla as can be on offense because they're just, I think that against Oregon, they showed a lot of things and then they just decided nobody's going to beat us for the next two months. And so we're not going to show you anything until we get into a difficult November. Um, and then Tennessee Ole Miss. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I don't know. Tennessee is one of those that you just feel like the other foot's about to drop one of these weeks, but um, yeah, same place on those. Yeah. I'm selling Georgia. I, Stetson Bennett, man. I don't know. I don't know what he is. That was a terrible performance against Missouri. It, it was pretty gross. I'm buying Alabama. There's a piece of me though. You love Tennessee. I, <laughs> I, I don't, though. Like, I don't like Hen and Hooker. I, I do like their offense and what Heupel's been able to do. There's a world in which Alabama has that same Texas A&M game that they did last year where they have to go to Tennessee and they lose that game because that's in, that's next. That's not this week. That's next week. And Bryce Young might not be healthy yet. And, I mean, maybe he is, and this is a crazy talk, but there's there's a situation in which Tennessee actually vaults into the top five in that case. And so it's tough to sell them. I think they probably lose that game still, but there is a world. I think that's a range of outcomes. I'm selling Ole Miss. I don't think they should have beat Kentucky. Um, so. I want to go there real quick because so Tennessee has the, the Alabama and Georgia game and winning against Alabama would be huge for them because if they were to win against Alabama and then lose a close game to Georgia and win the rest of their games and they, they can sit out that sec title game. They don't see the rematch against Alabama and they could be sitting there 11 one with a win over Alabama. And that could be, that could create a very messy situation. If you remember back a couple of years ago, it was that Auburn, I believe it was Georgia and Alabama were all like 11 and one, 10 and two. And I think Alabama squeaked in the playoffs, not playing in the SEC title game because Auburn upset Georgia or something like that. It was something really screwy that happened that that weekend. And you could see a same scenario where if they were Alabama, I think would be the key game for Tennessee to get compared to Georgia, because if they would beat Georgia, if they lose Alabama, they're playing Alabama again. And yeah, they're certainly running their way in that way, but they could sneak in the back door if they have that upset against Alabama. I think that's really the key game for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to go in that route, but yeah, I, I get it. I get it. All right. Let's look ahead real quick. We're going to just talk about um, TCU versus Kansas. This is the game, kind of the game of the week that I picked. Uh, Kansas comes in and they're at, they're at home. They're a seven point dog at home. This opened at four and a half or five. So the money's definitely been on TCU. So we've seen that shift um, as we're going there. Just, you know, in what way can Jeff, Jeff, how does Kansas win this game? Just the way they've been doing it, making it nasty, dirty, kind of score points, more points than the other guy. 
Well, yeah, more points than the other team would be the primary path to get there. But, you know, really <laughs> being able to run the football, being able to control the, you know, all the cliches, being able to run the football, control the game, um, inflict their physicality and, and kind of make it their game would be the path to winning it. Um, being at home will help, um, it, you know, kind of have those fans behind them. But that's really where it's going to come down to is taking the air out of the football against TCU. Yeah, muddy it up. Muddy it up, make life difficult for Duggan, and kind of contain Kendra Miller, which is a very difficult thing to do right now. Uh, over his last two games, I think he has over 300 yards uh, combined. It's 130, 170 or something like that. Um, so I, I think containing him is the number one situation. TCU has some receivers, though. I don't know how they're going to be able to contain the TCU offense, but I think they do. They're, they're going to try to muddy it up. Uh, I think this game's close. I'd, but I'm not going to give my pick yet because it's the first game we're picking in the next segment. So I think the biggest, I think it comes down to Kansas's defense is giving up almost 270 yards passing. TCU's passing offense is almost has 300 a game. So I think that's where the key is, not just score more points, you dick, Jeff. All right, let's, uh, <laughs> all right, there's the preview. We're going to play some games now. We got 15 minutes. We're going to go into the games. Jeff's going to tell you about what you can do with Trophy Smack, and then we'll get into the sportsbook rundown. Buy a trophy or belt from Trophy Smack. Use the code the Debbie Royale. Give it to your league winner and you get a free ring. So again, buy trophysmack.com, buy a ring, buy a trophy or a belt. You get a free ring. Use the code the Debbie Royale. Good stuff. Let's go over to the sportsbook rundown. And I I'm not excited to announce this. Jeff Jeff went nine and zero last week, and he is now. Uh, tied for the lead. I'm in third place. I was I was in the lead heading into last week. And did we check uh, so, that. Did we check that? Did we make sure that he was? I did. I did actually because I was like, no way, Jeff went nine. No, we haven't had. I don't think we've had an undefeated nope. week on this show. I think that is the first one, uh, fitting for the finale. And uh, Kevin went five and four. I went four and five. So we didn't even have bad weeks, and and we still lost. So now on the season, I'm 25, 22 and two Kevin and Jeff are both 26, 21 and two first game we're picking this week is that TCU Kansas game. As Kevin said, TCU is seven point road favorites. Kevin, who are you taking in this game? I'll take TCU just cause that passing offense. Okay. Jeff. I'm going to take TCU too. I think that clock strikes midnight and, and Kansas can't keep up with them. I think this game's close, and I think Kansas does cover. I think TCU is going to win this game, but I think it's going to be one of those heartbreaking ones that really rips it out for for Kansas, which <laughs> would be a bummer. Uh, all right, next one: Tennessee two and a half point road favorites going to LSU, who is now ranked. I find ironic. Uh, Jeff, where are you going with this one? I'm going to go with Tennessee again. Give me the two and a half. I don't know. LSU, um, they looked like Auburn was going to run away from that game last week and they were able to kind of seize back control. But I just don't know if they, if Tennessee scores on them, I just don't see how LSU keeps up. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll go next. Jaden Daniels got hurt in that game too. And I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't like this LSU team. And, I'm nervous that this is a look ahead game for Tennessee with Alabama right on the other side, but we talked about how the bye week matters. So I'll take Tennessee. I'm a, we're going to do the kiss of death. I'm going to take Tennessee just because I think LSU just the only way Tennessee loses this game, if they, if they Tennessee it up and if that, what that means they make mistakes and they look awful and they're offensive, they, you know, hooker has one of those games. You're like, what the hell hooker? Like what's happening to you? T LSU can't keep up with them offensively. I think that's fair. Next one, Texas, seven-point road favorites going to Oklahoma. You'd think that this is where college game day would be. Unfortunately, no, these are not the two best teams in the Big 12 right now. Uh, I am picking this game. Quinn Ewers is said to be back, I believe. It's not confirmed. It was rumored that he could have played last week, and they held him out one more week. They're not sitting him against Oklahoma, though, so I'm going to take Texas to cover here. And this is, what, a three-game losing streak for Oklahoma then? It would be a three-game losing streak. And, yeah, neither of these teams rank are ranked. And I'm, I wish we had stats and research department because I'd be curious to know the last time Oklahoma and Texas played with, with neither team ranked. Um, but I'm going to go – it's not even my turn. It's Kevin's turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. I was letting you roll. I, you, you felt like, I felt like you had a good flow there. Um, I you know for me, when I'm looking at it, 
it's uh, you know it's funny that they're not ranked. They're the, there's four Big Twelve matchups this week. The only ones that have a non-ranked um, that are playing uh, this this game, which is insane to me. I'm gonna go Texas because Gabriel is hurt or whatever's going on with that quarterback. I don't know what's going on there, so I'm gonna lean with Texas. Somehow Sark's gonna figure out a way to choke this one away, though. Yeah, I'm I'm with Texas too. Yeah, the Gabriel injury, I think you hit it there. And um, I think Texas had a difficult run post-Alabama. And I think that they've kind of been able to study the ship a little bit. They should have won last year. They choked last year. Yeah, they like, did. They, they choked hard last right. year. Shout out Javante Barnes, though, for what it's worth. I think that yeah, might be a fun little. Yeah. Uh, next one, Utah, four-point favorites going to UCLA. Kevin, where are you going with this one? I'm going to go Utah. I think their rushing attack and their defense are just too good. I'm going to take the home underdog um, just because, it, you know, a three-point game is still a win for UCLA. That's your team. Apparently now. Yeah, man, I just – I feel like we've soured on Utah, and Utah kind of fell off the face of the earth in, in the national spotlight after that week one game. But I think there's a better team here. I'm, I'm going to take Utah. I mean, Florida's not particularly a good football team. It's kind of. I, I know. I think that's. Yeah. I think it was the surprise of Anthony Richardson, though. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, next one BYU at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is three and a half point favorites in this game, despite BYU being the ranked team here. Um, Jeff, where are you going here? I think Notre Dame covers. I think Notre Dame's been playing better football um, and BYU coming into Notre Dame. I think that they cover the three and a half. Yeah. The last time I took BYU uh, <laughs> against a, a really good, well, a, a good program, I failed, but I'm doing it again. Shout out Jaron Hall. I, I want to see him continue to build. You and me are riding the BYU train, baby. I'm taking BYU in this game. Plus three and a half. Give me the points. Neutral Thanks. game site. So. Good, good. Uh, next one, Washington State at USC. USC is 13-point favorites in this game. USC has not looked good. Uh, I wouldn't say they haven't looked good, but they haven't been as dominant as you'd hope. I feel like Washington State can put up points. I feel like Washington State's going to cover. I talked through that live on the show. Uh, Kevin, where are you going with this one? I have picked against Washington State both times, even though I'm a big Cam Ward guy, and I have lost both times. Oregon, the backdoor cover, and then Wisconsin just outright. I'm going Washington State in this one. Yeah. I'm going to go USC. Um, I think or Washington State coming off that um, that heartbreaker against Oregon. I, I'm kind of curious if they're able to bounce back, so I'll go USC. Next one, North Carolina at Miami. Miami is three and a half point home favorites. Kevin, where are you going here? Give me the Tar Heels, baby. Drake May. Jeff? Yeah, I'm going to go the underdog, North Carolina against Miami. So, Dang it. I'm, I'm also taking North Carolina, which means they're going to get blown out in this game. Uh, no, North Carolina's been playing good football. I think their defense stepped up a little bit it's last getting week. Better. So, it's getting yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, last one, Iowa, Illinois. Illinois is three-point home favorites in this game. Jeff, where are you going? Okay, right, right with my guys, Illinois here in this one. Um, three points, and yeah, I think they can actually score, and Iowa can't. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take Illinois. I don't know. I, this game, I don't want to watch this game. That's I shout out. <laughs> it's a nap game. That yeah. Big Twelve West nap game lands at noons. Yeah, yeah. Kevin. This is a god-awful game. You are 100% right. I'm going to – I cannot bet Spencer Petrus with, like, real money, and I cannot tell the listeners that they care about us to bet on Spencer Petrus. So I'm going to go Illinois, but I'd probably stay away from this game. There's weird things that happen in Iowa, Illinois. Yeah. How yeah, big is that Illinois week one loss at the last second to Indiana? I feel like that that's one of those that it's it looms pretty big right now. Yeah. Pretty massive. All right, that'll do it for the Sportsbook Rundown. We didn't pick nine games this week so that uh, Jeff could take the lead. Uh, we did pick eight, though, so we'll see what the standings are next time you hear from us, I guess, I think. I don't know. This is the finale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's go over to Prospect Poker. But before we do that, Christian's going to tell us how great our prize picks ad is. Sure. This episode of the Debbie Royale is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best legal way to play player props. It's daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, including college football. 
and has an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app available on the App Store and Google Play. Use promo code the Debbie Royale when you sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code the Debbie Royale when you sign up. They will match up to $100. Join Prize Picks today and assert your dominance on the projected numbers. And we went five and zero on the NFL picks on Sunday. Just want everybody to know that. Just it's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right, let's go sportsbook rundown. Uh, or excuse me, not sportsbook rundown. I don't know what is happening. Prospect poker. prospect poker. So rules again simple. We're gonna play a little poker on the screen uh, right now. We're doing over unders from our prize picks. Jeff is four and six. I'm five and six, and Christian's four five and one. But we always throw picks up on our Patreon, and we always throw picks up kind of on our um, on Twitter account. So take a look there. Make sure you go there. So. Over, what are our over prop bets that you like, Christian? Yeah, I'm going with Rasheed Rice over 109 and a half receiving yards this week. He's looked like potentially the best senior receiver this year. He's getting some crazy comps, and I really like what he's done this year. He's, I believe, still leading the nation in yards per game, although he may have been passed up this last week. I think he does get over 110 receiving yards this week. Okay, so we're showing a nine of clubs, a four of clubs, and a king of spades. And Christian is going to lead us off with a jack of diamonds. My choice is going to be Keon Coleman, wide receiver from Michigan State. And Michigan State is playing against Ohio State, and Ohio State's defense has been very good, but they have shown some susceptibility to giving up big passing plays. 50 and a half, Michigan State's going to have to be throwing in this game. And so I think that he will get to that number just accumulatively. So Keon Coleman from Michigan State. And I have a queen of hearts. Wow, look at this. Give me a king, baby. I'm, I'm going to go Ricky White from UNLV. They play San Jose State this Friday. Uh, I'm going to say over on his over and under right now. His over and under right now is actually 56 and a half. So when you're looking at 56 and a half, like he's done that three games this year that he's played. Last week against New Mexico, he had 43, but he only had, and he had six receptions. I think he had nine targets, so the yards weren't just there. But he had the targets and receptions. So give me the over on that in a game. It's probably going to be a little bit of high scoring. So we have an eight of diamonds for Kevin. All right. A whole lot of nothing out there right now. My under this week, I'm, I'm pivoting on the spot. I'm going back to CJ Stroud under two and a half rushing yards. I think ultimately CJ Stroud is not going to have to scramble. He is not going to have to get out of the pocket. He is going to be able to dice up this Michigan state secondary this week. And so I don't think he's even gonna run the ball. And I think maybe he takes one sack and just solidifies this pick. All right, so a seven of spades. My choice is going to be Jalen McMillan, Washington wide receiver, going under 64.5 receiving yards. Um, Jalen McMillan's had a very good season. Um, Washington State's playing Arizona State, and Arizona State's kind of throwing up the white flag a little bit. So I think that they're not going to really need that out of him. He's not hit that number over the last three weeks. So under 64.5 for Jalen McMillan. And I have... A pair of queens, a queen of, of spades. I'm going to go. So Michael Penix Jr., um, Washington, he I'm going to go under 25 and a half completions um, just because I, I, I don't know if he's going to have to throw that much in this game. I think that they're going to have a pretty good game in the beginning, and I think they're going to kind of kind of tailor it out to the end. I think three games this year or two games has been under that number. And I think just game script wise, I just don't see him having to throw a ton, which is going to lead to his completions being down just because there's not going to have to have as many. A six of diamonds. That means that I won this. You won that and show. You won the show. I, I won the show. Yes. Yeah. I, I have not won a show uh, this season so far. So that's fun. Um, so the last game that we play is Blackjack. The way we play Blackjack is we play trivia with Blackjack. You hit, you get a trivia question. A correct answer will help your score, and an incorrect answer will hurt your score. So Christian is going to start us off with an 18. Uh, Kevin has a 17 and I have an 11. So I probably should go first. Does anybody have a trivia question for me? Kevin, do you have one? Yeah, sure. Uh, Jeff, give me one quarterback is in the top five for passing yards. One quarterback in the top five for passing yards. Um, CJ Stroud. <laughs> no, CJ's. <laughs> I don't even see CJ. Oh, he's 26. No, top five. Michael Penix Jr. is number one. Sure. Frank Harris is two. Will Rogers from Mississippi State is three. Four is Austin Reed. And five is Jaden DeLora from Arizona. 
Ooh, I busted. That would have been perfect. Um, so I am out. So let's see, Kevin, you're Kevin. up next. Kevin, who is leading the NCAA in? Well, I don't know. I feel like Christian actually needs to answer ask this question so that Christian's not asking himself a question. Um, but I was going to say, who is leading the NCAA in rushing yards? It's Chase Brown, isn't it? Yes, it is Chase Brown. Well, hopefully. Nice job. No, that's no. 21, right? That should be 21, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. so. Does anyone have a secondary question so I can maybe tie here? Christian, name another person in the top five in rushing yards. Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller is not. He is. He had a rough first couple of weeks. Yeah, so we have Kalan Landborn from Marshall, um, Deuce Vaughn, Blake Corum, and Raheem Sanders are the other ones. Ah, shout out so Rock. Kevin, didn't matter. Kevin anyway. wins anyways. But it doesn't matter because Jeff wins the show. I do this win the true. show. This is true. Hi, it's me. It's Jeff Bell, and I won the show. Um, so I just wanted to take a moment and just thank uh, everybody involved in this. Um, you know, thank you both. You guys have made my time in this space what it is. And without you, I couldn't imagine being where I am. And I'm so excited to be taking this next step in the journey with you guys. Thank you to Herms, who's done a fantastic job of audio production on our show and if you notice the audio quality has increased the last couple weeks months it's been due to herms thank you to joe bryant thank you to the football guys family um you know we we love the football guys family and are thrilled to be even more a part of that and and so um everything right now is falling into place fantastically and just thank you to everybody that's been involved with it all right i i second that next week we'll be back sometime um Take a look at it through our feed. Find us on Twitter. Uh, we will announce where we're going to be on next week's show. Um, wherever that's at, we will be there for you. Talking about college football like always. Until then, I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys underscore 22. I'm Jeff Bell at For Whom J. Bell Tolls. And I am Christian Williams at C. Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale.